0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. It is officially Championship Week in the NFL with the AFC and NFC Championship Games. Coming up on Sunday, the AFC will be the Ravens and the Chiefs. But today... We are going to talk about big surprise the NFC Championship game between the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. I am super excited to welcome my friend and the amazing, talented, beautiful, and really all-around incredible Carmen Vitali who covers the NFC North for Fox Sports. Carmen, welcome to the show.
1: What an intro. Thank you so much, Tracy.
0: Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Really, I really like I'm big on intros here because people give their time And I think they should be celebrated and appreciated. And I really should say welcome back to the show because the last time we had you on the show was during the Combine. Uh, A lot has changed. And I think at that time, we talked about the NFC North and where these teams were going. And the 49ers have seen a lot of NFC North teams. They just played the Packers, squeaked by a win. (laughs) Now they're going to host the Detroit Lions. I believe this is a tough matchup for San Francisco. You have two very good football teams. So. I'm just going to kind of start with a broad question for you. This Lions team, what is the most frightening about them for an opponent?
1: Uh, offensively, they're so multiple. You have offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, who's one of the most creative play callers in the league. And he's been getting uh, all this buzz for, as, as for these head coaching vacancies, mm-hmm. rightfully so. And this is the second uh, head coaching cycle mm-hmm. in a row that he has been involved in and, and taken interviews for. So The thing is, Detroit has so many different ways to beat you on offense, and it's predicated on Jared Goff remaining protected and how well his offensive line can protect him. But this is an offensive line that's one of the best in football. So more often than not, Jared Goff has had full command of this entire arsenal that Detroit has that includes, I think, the best running back uh, tandem in the NFL between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, on top of Aminra St. Brown, who is criminally underrated for what he is able to do uh, and how productive he has been over the last couple of seasons. And then you've got a rookie like Sam Laporta, who is has broken every rookie tight end record except for like one or two that are still held by Mike Ditka. I mean, this guy is incredible. He's fighting through injury, but... He was extremely productive for them against the Buccaneers, especially early. And what was interesting to me about that game against the Buccaneers, which I was there at Ford field for in the first half, Detroit was not getting the production out of any of those guys. I just mentioned Mm -hmm. it was Josh Reynolds had the lone touchdown in the first half for the lions after, after the first half, uh, Craig Reynolds was the one that got it started with another touchdown in, in the third quarter. And then from there, you saw things open up with the Jameer Gibbs 31-yard touchdown and then an Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown that kind of broke the game open for Detroit. But the fact of the matter is that Ben Johnson is creative enough that if you are taking away his main playmakers, mm-hmm. he can make it happen with somebody else. And that is why Detroit is so dangerous.
0: With the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, BetOnline has you covered with all the the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because this is the thing that I also find interesting. Interest, I'm going to see how many times I use the word interesting in just this one <laughs> sense. But about these two teams is what everything you just described is something that the San Francisco 49ers can do. If you do take out Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel remains to be seen if he will be playing. We're recording this on Wednesday. On Wednesday, Debo Samuel did not practice. Kyle Shanahan was asked how Debo Samuel felt. He said, he feels better. And so then we said... What does that mean for Sunday? He said, it makes me feel better. So we were really not getting <laughs> up. Samuel was running on a side field, but so we'll see what happens there. But whether or not Debo plays, and we will talk about that a little bit later, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle, you have Juwan Jennings, you have Ray McLeod, and the 49ers are able to get things done and eventually break out. And I think that's what happened against the Packers. The 49ers did not play a good game in any facet. Of their game. They were not good on offense. They were not good on defense. They were not good in special teams until they were, and until they needed to be, and they wear teams down. And that yep. is what happened. The difference, there's a lot of difference, differences between the Lions and the Packers, but in that Packers game, I always feel like in games like that, a team like the Packers competes, 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 but eventually the better team will come out on top because they can right. wear you down. In this particular case, I don't know who the better team is yet. I mean, maybe I think you could make the argument that San Francisco does have a little bit of the advantage, but this Lions team is really good. It may not be superstar for superstar, but that I don't, I, my only caveat to that is yet a lot of those guys right. may be in the next right. three or two years, be superstars. And you brought up the rookies. And I want to talk about that a little bit because this is a Lions team. Everyone was so excited about them last season. They beat the Packers. They spoiled their playoff chances. They're the hottest team. Then they had the draft and people just ripped him for the draft. And now, as uh you mentioned, are their budding superstars. And so when you talk about that, I think that's what's going to be so interesting here is which one of these offenses break out. I was going to say first, but it's not first, last. Which which one of them at the end of it is the one that is broken out and is able to make the difference? I don't know yet, but when you talk about that, That is what makes them similar. So I think for both teams, of course, defending the run becomes a huge issue. For San Francisco, that has been a huge issue. And I thought it was going to be better last week with Eric Armstead coming back. And in some ways it was, but they're without Cleveland Farrell the rest of the way, however long the rest of the way is. And it is making a difference for them. But it's been an issue over the last several weeks. And I think the thing with San Francisco is they've had defensive issues really throughout the season. They've been masked by a very strong offense. But if the offense isn't on, you can't mask them. So I say that's a long-winded way to say that these defenses very well could be the difference makers in the game. So when we talk about the Detroit defense, I know that they can be somewhat inconsistent, but when they're on, they're on.
1: Yeah, and they've been on in the postseason. That's been something that was really encouraging to see out of Aaron Glenn their defensive coordinator going against Todd Bowles one of his mentors in fact those two are very very close uh, Mm -hmm. in this game against the Buccaneers where you saw so much outside pressure coming from the Detroit defense but it wasn't necessarily from the defensive line those Mm -hmm. first two sacks Detroit got on Baker Mayfield came from defensive backs Mm -hmm. they were using multiple levels to get that pressure they also have a pretty stout run defense and they oh, they have all season. It's really just been the pass defense, the pass rush that has been inconsistent. And what, that, what the pass rush has been able to do is to kind of take some of the pressure off of the back end, off of these mm-hmm. DBs, force some errant throws. And that's when you're seeing some of these turnovers happen for the Detroit Lions. That being said, I mean, the San Francisco defense is notorious, right? Mm-hmm. And that I feel like is going to be a major factor in what they can do against this this Detroit offensive line that is going to be without their left guard and Jonah Jackson Mm -hmm. and Frank Ragnall, their center, who is arguably the most important person to this team, even more than Jared Goff, because Mm -hmm. he is what allows Jared Goff to be Jared Goff. He is banged up. He suffered a sprained knee and a sprained ankle against the Buccaneers. He did finish the game and he is expected to play this weekend, but I also expect the San Francisco defensive line which is scary to go after especially the left side of the line and and maybe the interior left so the center between the center and the left guard where you're starting a backup if you're Detroit that is what is going to be stressed in the meeting rooms in San Francisco this week and I think you're dead on in saying that this game is probably going to come down to defenses that can hold up against these very potent offenses and kind of keep this game close. And it's basically whoever wears down first. And when we say wears down, that almost explicitly means defense. And mm-hmm. that's what we saw in Detroit against the Bucks. I think the Bucks had a wonderful game plan coming into the day. Like I said, they were able to take Detroit's playmakers out of the equation for the first half. But then you saw them kind of wear down Jamel Dean, their their cornerback got injured, mm-hmm. and you just saw them kind of play off a little bit more, sit back a little bit more, and it was essentially because these guys were tired. Mm-hmm. And that's it's it's the stamina, it's the endurance, it's the health of these defenses and if they can keep up uh, and and stay, stay the stout. Stay with, with with the pressure and keep these offenses at bay because we both know that both of these offenses can can go off uh, at, at, late in a game completely.
0: Well, and it'll be these long drives. And I look back at the divisional okay. round game and the difference really and this. It will be tougher against the Lions, but the Packers had three long drives that ended in field goals. And those were really good stands by the 49ers defense to keep yeah. them to field goals. They're, I don't know that they can keep the Lions to three. If there are three drives of like that, they're not going to keep them to three field goals. Maybe one field goal, but they're not going to keep them to three field goals. But those long drives, even when you can make a stand there at the end to keep it to three points, as you're, to your point, they wear down a defense. And so... Yeah. Both of these teams are going to have to sustain those kind of drives. And I think both of those teams, these teams do that and Mm -hmm. do well, but I think you're right. It comes down to who is going to wear down faster. So let's talk a little bit. You talked about the Lions offensive line, which is one of the best in the league. The 49ers offensive line is very good Mm -hmm. and they've had a good season. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the league. No one's going to argue that. This offensive line is not the best in the league. They are very good. And so I'm very interested to see this Lions defensive line against the 49ers offensive line and how much time is Brock Purdy going to have to throw the football? Now, he, the last week aside, he's excellent at reading a defense and he's excellent at going through his per- progressions. And I've said this on this podcast. I mean, a million times, but if I, I can't count the number of times after a game this season, someone has said, whether it be Kyle Shanahan or Kittle or IU or anybody who says, well, that wasn't even his first, second or third read on that touchdown. Right. How much time is he going to have? You have Aiden Hutchinson, who I love talking about because he's one of my favorite Michigan Wolverines. I was going to
1: say, I wonder why.
0: <laughs> I know, I don't want to shock anybody. Um, one of my favorite Michigan Wolverines of all time. Actually, I mean, I'm going to have two of my most favorite Michigan Wolverines of all time on the field. On um, um, Saturday, Aiden Hutchinson and Jake Moody. I said to a friend of mine the other day, Aiden Hutchinson was my J.J. McCarthy before J.J. McCarthy. And she was like, oh my God, I didn't realize that you were a <laughs> fan. But you, talking about Aiden Hutchinson, he's been incredible in the playoffs. And I know there's talk that like, well, he's been unblocked on all the sacks. The men on Twitter love to tell me that. But you look at the pressures and you look at what he does in a game. He's incredible. And it's gonna he's going to be a huge test in himself for the line to defend.
1: He absolutely will. And I mean, he usually lines up on the left side of the Detroit line. So he, that puts him against the right tackle for, mm-hmm. for the, in this case, for the 49ers. And what is so cool to, when you watch Aiden Hutchinson is that spin move that he has been honing all season. I watched him pull a double spin move uh, <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this last weekend. And he it didn't result in a sack, but it, re, it resulted in... Baker Mayfield letting go of a ball before he was ready to, and it was a forced incompletion. That is why these pressures are also so important because they force these errant throws and they can force quarterbacks into mistakes that then the back level of the defense can take advantage of in the form of interceptions or passes broken up or what have you. That's why Aiden Hutchinson is so incredibly valuable because even when he is double teamed, even when he has a guy on him, he is able to gr- create that pressure or at least make the quarterback feel his presence. Uh, he's also extremely athletic so he can chase guys down. We've, we've seen him get multiple tackles for loss uh, in the backfield on these running backs as well. He always looks for work. He's one of my favorite defenders to watch in the league in general, because Every game, it seems like he's pulling out something new and he's really finished the season strong and come into the postseason strong. I believe with his last four games, he's had a sack and three of the last four, he's had multiple sacks. Mm-hmm. So he is public enemy number one for this deter for the San Francisco offensive line. Uh, but at the same time, he is being helped all along the line uh, in Detroit by the guys on the interior. I need to shout out my guy, Aline McNeil, who is the defensive tackle. He's a really stout run defender, but what he also does is he eats up space and he takes on multiple blockers, which then leaves Aiden Hutchinson free to take advantage of one-on-one matchups or even remain unblocked. There's there's times where that's worked into the scheme, and Aaron Glenn does a really wonderful job of rotating these guys out and making sure they're fresh as well. That's something that Todd Bowles had always done in Tampa, Mm -hmm. Um, and and something that I think has carried over. So you've got that, and then you've got the linebackers in Detroit that they bring pressure to. You have you see Alex Anzalone come downhill all the time. You now see Brian Branch, another rookie, who is this do it all like DB slash like nickel. I don't even know. I don't even know what position you could really <laughs> classify him as. I guess a nickel corner, but that doesn't do him justice because he comes downhill too and he can hit people. So you again, this is multiple levels of pressure, and it's going to force Brock Purdy to have to read. And, and his mic point that he's going to try to point out might not be the mic point that mm-hmm. ends up being the case once Detroit makes their adjustments based on what the, I know San Francisco loves to use motion. They love it to kind of move the guys around pre-snap. Well, guess what? Detroit has answers to that. Right. And so your mic point might not end up being your mic point when all is said and done and you snap the ball. And that's when you can get into trouble where you think you're, you have protection against a guy that's coming off the edge and you really don't. So it's going to be a test for Brock Purdy. And we're going to see just how much he's experienced and just how much he's learned in this game. I have no doubt about that.
0: Well, and I think this is where it's a good time to talk about Debo Samuel. Because yeah. even if Debo Samuel plays, he is banged up. You know, that he's going to be banged up. He is not going right. to be 100%. Now, granted, his presence on the field, just in being there, changes things dramatically. Sure. But it does make a very big difference whether or not he's out there. Do I think the 49 can beat the Lions without Deepo Samuel? I absolutely do. But do I think it becomes significantly more difficult? I absolutely do. And I've had people say to me over the course of the season, well, but they still have McCaffrey. They do. But when you have both of them, that's, that's just... Literally a game. Yeah. And I, you and George Kittle and all this. (laughs) And and you look and you know, we talk about Jawan Jennings. I want to talk about him for a minute because this is a guy who I had him as my X Factor in last week's game. And he did end up kind of being Trey Greenlaw, ended up being the X Factor in last week's game. And he's an incredible player as well. And they do have so many weapons. And I bring him up to say or to ask Have the Lions seen a team with this level of offensive weapons yet this season?
1: Yeah, I I don't necessarily think so. I think the closest, weirdly enough, would be the Green Bay Packers when they played them on Thanksgiving because of the fact that the Packers don't have superstars, but they have so many different guys that can beat you because they're all young players that have come up together and they kind of matured at the same time. And Jordan Love has a rapport with all of them. And so we saw the Packers go into Detroit and beat them on Thanksgiving using guys all over the place because defenses. The dirty little secret is they can only game plan for so many guys, mm-hmm. and there's so many defensive coordinators that are like, "All right, I'm going to take away your best guys and force you to beat me with the, the other ones." Mm-hmm. And for so many teams, that makes a difference. But for teams like the Niners or teams like the Packers, you can you can beat like there's not a huge drop off between your stars and the other ones. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the Lions did not fare well against the Green Bay Packers, and now you're looking at the fact that. The, the the Niners have bona fide stars. They have depth of stars. Yes, they so many different ones. So it's going to be a matter of picking out which ones are the most, I don't know, the, the ones that make the, the biggest impact. And that's Christian McCaffrey. That's Debo Samuel. And that's why I don't think we're going to hear if Debo Samuel's playing until game time because you want the Lions to have to prepare to have Debo Samuel on the field because even if he's not 100%, like you said, you have to account for him. Mm -hmm. And if you have to account for him, that means you're taking somebody else away from a guy that could cover Brandon Ayuk or a guy that can cover George Kittle or a guy that can cover Christian McCaffrey when he comes out of the backfield or catches passes out of the backfield. That is the issue with the San Francisco offense. And it's going to be something that is going to be probably the biggest challenge of the year for the Detroit Lions. And that's,
0: I think that's what's going to be fun to watch. And These teams, in my opinion, match up just really, really well against each other. And I think the coaching matches up well. It's just all around, I think, going to be a lot of fun. But before we go, let's take a quick look at the quarterbacks. Uh, I think, and just like a personal level, I think it would be so amazing for Jared Goff to win this game. I mean, what well, his story to me is great. I saw him in his Wednesday availability. And and he was just seems so different than when he was with the Rams. He's relaxed. He's mm-hmm. having a good time. All of the things. And then you have Brock Purdy, who, in my opinion, is hard not to like. However, a lot of people really love to hit on Brock Purdy for reasons I don't understand. Because of where he was picked in the draft, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But he did not have a great game last week. Do I think that's going to be the case again? No, I don't. I really don't. I think that was a little bit of a fluke. I think none of them had a great game. I, I would be surprised if he comes out similarly. And one thing about Brock Purdy is he very rarely follows up a bad game with a bad game. That's not yeah. usually how he operates. But when you look at these quarterbacks, Jared Goff is more experienced. Jared Goff has... Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has tremendous experience for how little he's been in the league, but <laughs> has been through it. He's played in a Super Bowl. He's played in multiple NFC Championship games. He was the guy, and then he was traded in all of the things. How much of a factor do you think that comes into it when push comes to shove here on Sunday?
1: It does. Jerichoff has everything to prove, and he puts this city and this team on his back. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that this in, in this postseason. He has played beautifully. His EPA per play is up. Everything about his passing stats is up. And his demeanor is up. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a team that so heavily believes in itself. And they have all season long. And it's, it's a direct testament to Dan Campbell. But I think what you're seeing, too, with Jared Goff this year, and it was something that was brought up by a Detroit beat reporter, and I apologize because I completely forgot who it was. But I saw it on Twitter, and it was essentially that Jared Goff had only been in that Shanahan McVay system, right? Because he was with the, the, this, the Los Angeles Rams before he was traded to Detroit as a consolation prize. Mm-hmm. But now you enter into a Ben Johnson system, which is different. It's like he doesn't come from that tree. And I think you saw Jared Goff learn that he has more to give. His skill set is more multiple than he was ever giving himself credit for. And that's what Ben Johnson was able to unlock. And that is why you are seeing Jared Goff be able to play at this level. What was really encouraging to me against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is that he took multiple sacks in that game. He was hit five times and he was pressured even more than that because that is Todd Bowles' MO when it comes to his defenses. But Jared Goff did not turn the ball over. He took care of the football. He was able to make plays when it counted. He got the ball to multiple... I mean, I, I forget how many receivers that he ended up like connecting with in that game, but it was, it was a lot. And he was so locked in. So I just feel like he's not going to have the benefit of home field advantage this time. And trust me, as someone who was in Detroit this last weekend, that makes a huge difference. I couldn't even hear myself think in the press box. Uh, but... That being said, this team, Jared Goff has such a belief in this team. This team has such a belief in him and the city has such a belief in him as per the Jared Goff chance that we heard so much the last couple of weeks that he's going to go out there with every motivation in the world. And that's a scary, scary thought is a guy that is that motivated. Uh, And and it's going to be really interesting to see how he fares.
0: And I do think if there's one team in the league that hits the intangibles like the 49ers do, it's the Lions. Because when you talk about his teammates behind him and him for the team in the city, I mean, for all the national hate on Brock Purdy, the the 49ers fans do not have that feeling about him. His teammates don't have this feeling about him. But generally, I look at these two teams just from a culture perspective and a tight-knit perspective, and they remind me of each other a Mm -hmm. lot in that way. And that also makes a difference in games. Certainly, Execution, not turning the ball over, and scoring more points is going to be what is going right. to be what brings the winner about breaking breaking analysis. <laughs> right. I know you guys. I don't want to shock anybody, but if you <laughs> score more points than the opponent, you win. Not even you usually That's... win. You always you always win. win. You I know always win the game win. with that one. But football, there is an emotional component to it, and I can come in. even last week, Trent Williams said. He went into that huddle with about six minutes left, which was, you know, going into their final drive, their game winning drive, and basically said, this is it, guys. Like, this is it. We do this or we don't. I'm paraphrasing, but we do this or we don't. And they figured it out and they got it together. And it's different in baseball. Baseball is very technical. You hit the ball, you catch the ball, you play good defense, and you do those things. You're going to win the game. Again, going back to my breaking analysis from earlier, but in football, there is an intangible factor and there is an emotion factor. And both of these teams really have that. And that's one of the things that I think is also kind of one of the storylines aside from the X's and O's, that's going to be fun to see because you don't hear about it with every team. It's not that other teams don't like each other and don't get along and all of that, but you don't hear the same conversations about the closeness and the beliefs and belief in each other. And with the Fort the other day, So many of the guys after the game, whether it be at the podium or the locker room, said I wasn't ready to not have another week with my brothers. And I feel like that's a Lions kind of thing, too. Yeah. So this is going to be a fun one to watch. I think this is going to be a really good game, which brings to the question I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to give a caveat. I have another guest coming on after you. So I'm saving my prediction for that because I want you guys to keep watching and listening if I tell you now, what motivation is there? But I want to know, Carmen, what is your prediction? You don't have to give me a score because I'm terrible okay. terrible scores. You can, but I'm not going to put that on you. But what is your no, prediction okay. in terms of a winner? Um,
1: I mean, given all those intangibles and the thing about Detroit's intangibles too and this belief that they have and the aggressiveness and the grit that they have is that translates directly to the field. We see yeah. Detroit go for it on fourth down mm-hmm. all the time. And that also makes them a lot harder to defend because now you have to, most of the time, especially if they're in plus territory, sometimes when they're not, uh, you have to defend four downs versus three. And that and to what we talked about earlier, that wears down a defense. Wears somebody down, exactly. And this is something that it's just fluid throughout the entire organization. Everyone wants to be aggressive. They live and die by the aggression. And it's worked out for them more often than not. Because of that, I expect them to be very aggressive going into San Francisco, not being on their home turf. And I think the Lions can pull it out because of all of these intangibles and because it just wouldn't be fair for Detroit fans at this point to get their hopes up this high and have them come this close and not be able to make it to the Super Bowl. This is something that Jared Goff talks about being like, "I was there for three and thirteen. I don't want to do that again." Mm-hmm. And we are going to make it all the way because this is what Dan Campbell promised, and so far he has delivered. So, I have the Lions in a very close game, uh, uh, winning and advancing to the Super Bowl. Well,
0: and it's been quite a month for football in the state of Michigan, and of course, I have exactly to- the they match. have all
1: the good juju
0: around all the good juju around here. Harbaugh's going to the Chargers. And you know what? I'm sad because I love him, but I can't be mad about it. He brought a national championship. But what better way to buffer that news than for the Detroit Lions to go to the Make Super the Bowl. Serve. I don't oh. think anyone's beating the Ravens, but they got to get there. We'll see. This is why they play all the games. And we could just talk about it and they don't play the games and then we could decide, but that's not how it works. A lot less injuries that way, but that is not how it works. So that is why they play the game. Carmen, thank you for joining me. I, your analysis is incredible, as I've always known, but it was just a joy and a treat for all of us to have you on the show. So thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me anytime.
0: And I will see you on Setting the Press Box, can't we?
1: Yay. Yay. Okay, bye. Oh, wait, before you go, I can't really yeah. tell everybody where they can find you. Look at me. Oh, right. Uh, Carmi V. Carmi V on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I post all of my stuff there. All of my appearances there. It's the best way to connect. And if you want to follow along on, in my articles, they appear on Fox Sports.com
0: fantastic. All right, guys, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to give us a five star rating and a super positive review. You can find me on Twitter x at Tracy FGSN on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. And we are brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by bet online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye. all.